With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Tim Kawakami. Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show recording. Recording, I'm checked, double checked, triple checked. I think we are actually recording from my home office. Uh, good to have back on for a second straight week. The only one of them, uh, which you will hear, hopefully you will hear this. Uh, NFL football analyst John Middlecoff, my friend, former uh, writer, freelance writer for the Athletic Bay Area. Those were good days there, John Middlecoff. Uh, can't believe they had to come to an end, but uh, good to have you on, John, and we will get this one right or else uh, I will have to figure out another way to do this because uh, that was a disaster last week. All on me. I hit didn't hit one button at the end, and Middlecoff was gone into the ether. Sorry about that, John. How you doing today? Hopefully I didn't waste all my good takes, but uh, oh, I, you I know think... when you, when you Drake Jackson three sacks like you predicted, and yeah, Jake you know, Booty six for six. <laughs> I, I told you one hundred and twenty two point five was going to be the guaranteed number. Well, we've had a lot happen since, right? That's right. We, had, we had Week One. Nick Bosa showed up. The Niners and really the Cowboys probably had the best two weeks, and then Aaron Rodgers uh, ripped his Achilles. You know, like a, it, it's different than Kevin Durant, but anytime a player of that caliber goes down, it's a it's a jolting moment. I, I'd argue that that's you're older than me. I mean, Steve Young, some of these guys on Monday Night Football, but they had played so long for their team, right? Yeah, and had such yeah. a. I, I don't ever. I think that's one of the craziest sports moments when you factor in that individual for the new team. Nine eleven, he runs out with the flag. Yep. Tim, new the York. game kicked off at eight yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. He was on the ground by eight twenty six. I missed the play. I like was looking down. I actually did not. I was a little bit of a daze coming back from flying back from Pittsburgh, but I was just kind of waiting for something to happen, and I didn't. And all of a sudden, I, I he wasn't in the game anymore. Like, what the hell happened with all the yeah multiple multiple time MVP switching teams after all the stories that went on in Green Bay over all the years? Goes to the Jets, hard knocks, Monday Night Football. John, they solved an ESPN dispute in order to get that game on in 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 uh, New York because of Aaron Rodgers. I saw you said some things, uh, you know, on your uh, Coward podcast. Uh, your reaction, obviously, it's just a gut blow for for the Jets. But what does this mean for like the AFC? Were you thinking that the Jets could be the winner of that division? Were you thinking of them as a, like a potential AFC winner before this? Well, you know what's crazy is the Packers and Aaron Rodgers has been so synonymous with a lot of the Niners' big games over the Harbaugh to Kyle Shanahan era. And that really had nothing to do once he goes to a team that they don't play that division, you know, with the NFC teams. It, it It's weird, the ramifications for a team that, you know, now that the Kings made the playoffs, longest playoff drought in America. Uh, and it's they play the Cowboys, which I would imagine that's a rough matchup for their offensive line this week. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, well, you know, you, you, the Raiders now might be a power, so you got to keep an eye on them. But yep. I, yeah, I was, <laughs> listen, you, you have the, 
their defense, I think, has shades of some of the Niners, that 19 team. Uh, Sauce is younger than Richard, but a guy that can take away half the field. An incredible defensive line. I mean, their their safeties are good. So that defense could be right there, Niners-Cowboy. I mean, the number one defense in the league. They have multiple running backs. You know, Dalvin Cook is essentially their second, so they could run it kind of like a Shanahan team. Listen, it's hard to nitpick the play calling in the first four plays of the game, but that looked like Rodgers was in control in the shotgun, spread it out. Like, just get under center, run the ball, just take a deep breath. The first three plays, he's running for his life, you know? And it gets back to, you know, I know Bosa got – we've seen a million players hurt on that field, Saquon – it's hard to, you know, he's 40 years old almost. So that it could have, it could have been bound to go kind of like a tire, but I, I saw a lot of players chirping a little bit. That field is uh, definitely yeah. the, a specific field that I think a lot of people have issues with. And they go to Woody Johnson's like, I know the guy technically gave him a big discount, gave him back like $30 million, but your entire franchise hinges on this guy. And I know the business when you share a uh, stadium's a little different, but how, how do they not, just have the best possible surface. If that is the case, I don't know enough about the turf and obviously grass. Like when I worked in in Philly, you know, as the season went on, obviously the climate's a little different. There would just be a disaster by November. Right. And any golfer knows that cold weather and no sun can really hurt. So I I don't know if that's part of their argument, but whatever, their turf is clearly awful there. They've changed it this year. Apparently. I mean, it was terrible before. Uh, supposedly to make it softer, but your foot can still stick in any artificial turf, you know, and it, especially a new one. I guess they felt this one was a little slick too, but yeah, I, you know me, I've written about this. I've talked to Bosa about it uh, very pointedly. You know, he was point was like, if you're Jerry Jones, wouldn't you want Michael Parsons on the safest, healthiest field possible for half, half his games? Um, and Green Bay does it. You know, Green Bay probably pays $4 million for that grass, right? But they do it because yeah. they have heating underneath. But, but at, the, at this point in time, this is not 1996 Al Davis where you're pinching pennies. These guys have unlimited – that's a line item for these franchises, yeah, it's a right? $220 million payrolls, and they really pay more, right? <laughs> we know they're paying more because they're paying bonuses, and these guys are making $30 million, $40 million a year. And you're What's Bose's give- argument? There's like a little give in the in the area, almost like it's well, not. A- I mean, he 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 was just talking about artificial turf in general, but he, yeah, there the 49er sense was there's stickiness. Your foot sticks in there because in dirt and grass it comes out if there's pressure. If there's yeah. a little extra stickiness, now we don't know if that's what happened with Rogers. It did look like there might have been a little stickiness. I agree. It looked a little weird. And your foot does not give when it's supposed to give, then bad things happen. Now again, 40 years old. You know, this stuff can happen, but, and there's injuries on grass. We start, it's a violent game, but yeah, at least the grass gives almost like a give it, you know, it just goes. Exactly. You know, I always say like, you know what, the owners should probably try to go out there themselves or put their children out on that. And, and would you rather have them be on artificial turf or grass? You'd rather have them on grass. If you have this amount of, you have Super Bowls on the line, you have players health on the line, you have your own success on the line. And you're paying $220 million for this. You're getting a check from the NFL media for $230 million a year. No, last year was, th- I think, $375. Well, there you go, $375, even more than that. Uh, I think you'd want to play on. I, I, and I always give Mark Davis and Jed York, two guys that get a lot of heat, have gotten a lot of heat. They've insisted on grass in their fields. And Mark Davis did not have to. He's got a, he's got a dome. And he, yeah. he was going to have grass, and I give them credit for that. Not like they're going to avoid injuries, but Jesus, yeah, think about Nick Bosa. Would you rather have you paying them $170 million guaranteed and you're going to 
you know, challenge whether he's going to be healthy every time because you're putting him on tricky turf. Let's go move on a little bit here. If you're the Jets, what do you do then? You you, you write it with Zach. You, is there a quarterback out there you can trade for? What do you put on your your front office cap here, John? Yeah, I think you just go with the young guy who clearly it feels like if you watch Hard Knocks, you know, Aaron really put his arm around him. Feels like there's more positive momentum there with the team. Looked a little bit more capable last night. I mean, last year he was probably the worst player in the league, and clearly there were locker room dynamics where I think Trey's a good example. Obviously, the team didn't think he was very good, but they never had a problem with the guy. Like, they didn't like the guy last year and some Jets, of his comments. Jets, yeah, but, yeah, maturity yeah. and stuff, which maybe he's grown a little bit. I mean, he was pretty young, but it's not like, listen, I mean, we can have fun. Like, Tom Brady, that, that offensive line, trade for Kirk Cousins, oh, yeah. or some of these things you got. Actually, Zach Wilson's mobility is a positive in, in their situation, so... I think you just go. I, I saw that for, as we're recording this, 49ers, Ian Book, are, are yeah, they thinking yeah. about a little, I was gonna say, you know, yeah, a little, little trade football, there? A little flipola. I saw that. Like, now could it be, it wouldn't be Darnold, I don't think, but could they go, you know what? Kyle's Cal, like, you did rid of Darnold after he just got his hands <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, little, little, uh, you know, Brandon Allen for a fourth round pick. Same thing they got <laughs> for Trey. I would think that would be really risky, but like, yeah, the Ian Book thing was very interesting. Uh, Let's go over to Josh Allen. Terrible game. I mean, he loses that game. They're up. They're driving the fourth quarter. He just decides to put the ball up several times and and, and throws himself into turnovers and, and fumbles at the end. Uh, so I'm not saying he's not a great quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Everybody knows he's a very good quarterback, potentially could be a great quarterback. But I think it, it gets overvalued in his athletic ability and how strong his arm is. And he's had crappy games like these. He does this. And I'm going to spin this to Brock Purdy, who gets criticized because he does not have that same kind of arm. He certainly isn't the physical specimen. And yet, you know what, John Milk, I looked at, he has not had a bad game. He hasn't had a bad game in his entire NFL career. Like, does that say something to you? I mean, do you see a compare, not just the conversation here about what gets overemphasized and kind of what gets derided when we're just seeing games in front well, of us. I, I, I think it, I think it speaks to the importance of the way you set up your franchise with the coach. And I think in 2023, having an offensive coach who typically nowadays is the play caller where I think historically, right. It's that guy was always the CEO, maybe in the eighties yep. and the nineties, even if he had influence now, it feels like almost all of these guys are calling the plays that no matter what happens, Andy, Stafford, Kyle, LaFleur, right, are there to impact that guy. And every time the 49ers talked about, right, when the the polarizing quarterback conversation in August, it was Kyle could always say, like, I'm in the meetings every day with this guy, mm-hmm. with the guy, those three guys. Like, I, I'm around these guys every day in the individual meeting when it's just the quarterbacks. And I think when you get a defensive head coach, he, he just doesn't have the same impact on that individual because he can't. You know, it's almost like they're speaking different languages. I mean, they speak the same language in football, but when it comes to the specific offensive language, it, it, it'd be like Spanish and Chinese or something. And let's face it, I love Andy Reid, but he doesn't really speak the defense language. <laughs> he, yeah. He's very dependent when he has Jim Johnson or now Spagnola. They're kicking ass and taking names. and It doesn't even matter. And he just deals with the offense. And I think Kyle, I, I give him a lot of credit. He's hired really good defensive coaches, and he just they've obviously drafted well over there, but the offense and the quarterback and the play calling is his baby. So they lose Dayball. It just feels like a guy who's making $45, $50 million, who's telling him what to do. It's a little Farvian when Holmgren left, 
and I, I forget the exact coach that came in, but who was Brett listening to, yep. right? When he had when he had Holmgren around, he had to listen to him. And then he just kind of – almost Josh Allen is like a mix of Favre meets like Cam where no one disputes his physical attributes or is probably the best in the league. I mean, he made a play last night scrambling like a push play to Diggs that was just like, what, for a touchdown? Mm-hmm. But some of those throws were – like Favre against the Eagles, where he just threw it up. Like, what are, what are you doing here? We're, the only way you could lose, right, is by throwing it. They, they could have just kneeled it or ran it the majority of their offensive plays, punted and played defense, and they probably win the game. That's what, you know, I've heard this. Maybe Dayball was the guy they should have kept, right? I mean, you don't do that. You don't let, you don't It's hard up. in yeah, that I position, know. You, got, right? you got your head coach who's you're winning with. I get it. But you're right, Sean McDermott's not going to – It happens in the him. NBA more because yeah. the uh, the star player is just more likely to really insert his will. Where in football, even if Josh or any player like him around the league thinking that, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and right? it's tough to go to the defensive side then and say, you still matter because we just – but by, by the way, we got rid of the head coach and elevated the offensive coordinator because we like the, he likes the quarterback. And, and they, yeah. I think over the last three or four years, they've been one of the best defenses. So yes. it's like yes. they're going, well, for as great as he is, we're help carrying the team. Yeah, and, you know, that's the point, I think, with Kyle and Purdy is just, Purdy is the classic Kyle Shanahan quarterback. He's just accidentally, however you want to discuss it, the things that Kyle wants in a quarterback are just – connect to what Brock Purdy does. I think maybe even a little bit more is that out of pocket. He's a better athlete. Yeah. That, that stuff, that quickness around the edge. uh, And, you know, we talk, listen, Kyle can get tired of any quarterback. We've seen it happen, but I just don't think he's going to get tired of Purdy. I, at least not right away. I just see Purdy just does the things that Kyle Shanahan wants at a quarterback. And when you put that against the Steelers, I get, are we overestimating this game, John? It was a kick in the butt the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. I I tend to try to not to view week one as everything, but I thought it was pretty significant. I, th- I thought that was, you know, statement games or whatever, but this was the four nine the rest of the league. We are going to be great this season. Well, I think when you know you're good and you're on the road, like ultimately Dallas, who I think is really good too, was playing a divisional opponent who they know really well. When you play an uncommon opponent, which maybe I overrated, I think I told you last year, last week, I thought they'd be like a Super Bowl contender. But I, when the dust settles, we know they're going to be, they're more likely to win 10 games than seven based on the coach's history. To to shove them around like that, and, and I I saw Barrow's tweet, you know, this, this team has started so slow for so many years, and this felt like the cocaine bear version. <laughs> I honestly think it's as simple as like what's really changed. Obviously, McCaffrey's been at it, but their running game has always been good. Uh, defense has always come to play. The quarterback upgrade, because over their three of the last whatever four years where they've won a lot, Jimmy has been the quarterback, not Lance. So it was like Jimmy was the consistent quarterback where they were winning the majority of their games with in 19, in 21, and then even a lot of games last year. Well, this guy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Now, does he go on to have a career It's consistent? Time will still tell. But right now, he's just a better player. Honestly, just watch the Raider game. Like This guy is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's definitely a better athlete, feels more accurate. Uh, He he definitely has flirted the line with a couple turnover-worthy throws that probably could have been interception going back to last year and even the Pittsburgh game over the middle of the field. Uh, which eventually he's going to have a game where he throws a couple pick sixes, right? It's just, but I give him credit. He's willing to take chances, but not crazy chances, but kind of push the envelope. And he's a really good, ultimately Kyle succeeded with Matt Schaub, 
you know, he loved Cousins, obviously. Matt Ryan. Those guys are not very good athletes for NFL standards, especially in 2023 relative to the top quarterbacks. Jimmy's better athlete than those guys. This guy is a high-end athlete relative to what Kyle's had. So he can, like, not all plays are going to work. I don't care if you're Bill Walsh or Mike Shanahan, let alone Kyle. So you got to have some of that improvisation, which he he's clearly probably blowing people away. I don't know if you saw the clip, like even Micah Parsons, I don't know if he's like playing video games online, was saying like, this guy's a good player. <laughs> and I think it goes back to when they, I think Micah, I don't even know if he watched the 49er game. I guess he would have been able to because they were playing at night. Well, probably not. Yeah, probably not. time. Oh, I guess they were in the morning. But I think it goes back to last year when the Cowboys were getting ready to play him with Dan Quinn. Think about th- they were getting ready for that five, six, seven game sample size, right? So I, I think those guys who clearly, I mean, right there with the Niners, the best defense in the league. So I keep going back. It's not just the coach because sometimes coaches can be wrong, right? Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Steve Kerr, you name it. Like any coach can be wrong. Bruce Bochy, not every decision he ever made with the Giants was the right one. But when the players are all saying like, this guy's good. And not not his not just his own team who was full of star guys like other guys around the league. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's debatable. Like as of right now, he's a really really good player. I thought it's interesting. I think, uh, you brought it up. Like he let me make a play on that. You know, the back shoulder, just kind of throw it out. The Patrick Peterson's there, whether he knew it was Patrick Peterson or not when he threw it, probably kind of did, uh, and just made let let Brandon Ayuk make a play. And I think that's where you see Purdy being, you know, risky. Like I'll make, I'll let Kittle, I'll throw the ball up. If it's Kittle, Patrick Peterson, I'll believe in Kittle. And I think those guys appreciate it. And maybe that's what kind of what we heard about Trey is he wasn't pulling the trigger. That's why Kyle gushes, praises him for the near interception in the Las Vegas, uh, the, the Raiders game, because, Hey, he pulled the trigger. That's why I went. Yeah. Okay. Kyle's not talking about Trey. Like he's a, a quarterback. He actually cares about. He's like just giving him false praise here just because he wants to be nice. I think Purdy's going to do that. He's like, he's got that kind of, Little, and I like those close-ups of him. I didn't really see him. When I was at the game, but I watched the first quarter over again. You know, the TV was giving you those close-ups of Purdy's eyes as he was getting to the line. But that was interesting. Like, he was really, I mean, like, laser focused on what was going out there. That's the stuff I think Kyle loves, right? That, that- I, and I think I think they're guys. I think he's a really, really serious guy when it comes to football. And maybe his voice will grow. I don't know if you saw the clip. He broke down the team at the end of the game. Obviously, I, I don't think being named the team captain is nothing. I mean, this guy last year at this time was pick. I, I always forget the pick. Yeah. 255, 245, whatever. whatever yeah. But that that, that to, to, to go from a year to have that level of standing within the locker room where it's not even weird, but honestly, the guys kind of want it. He's a really impressive. I think there's something to be said about smaller school guys sometimes coming to the NFL where you learn in college you go into most games where you don't have the advantage. Think how many times he's playing Oklahoma or Oklahoma state or whoever they, they play Iowa every year. They don't have Texas. The, the, the guys on his team, even though he actually had like Brees Hall, he had some good players. You just kind of learn how to play and you just watch him. He physically is never going to be the most talented guy, but he clearly has a lot of just innate instincts when it comes to playing quarterback. And then obviously some of the intangibles understanding the offense the the leadership the confidence comes for sure so it's he's just a fun player to watch yep. you know the, I, I, it doesn't really feel and we've seen it a million times i remember being around the raiders when they were kind of going through their you know just trying to find quarterbacks and you're just grasping at straws even the 49ers for for a stretch 
it's clear when it's like, oh, this is kind of desperation for a franchise. And a lot of teams go through it than when you got, I think we got something here. <laughs> I think so too. I thought so last year. I, mean, I know you did too. Like I, I didn't it's quite just hard, you know, a rookie in that situation. Yeah. You're like, is this real? And then he just comes back off an injury. And does that in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that place going nuts when the kick? I mean, I would imagine the place it was, was packed. Loud. It was, it, yeah, it was it was loud in the beginning. It really was. I mean, they got quiet fast. Like, I, re- I mean, it was like everybody was doing the same. Like, holy moly! I mean, Pickett threw that pick on Pittsburgh second series, and that was like that was the deal. Like, it was just oh, and then you know deflation, and it was pretty quiet. And then you heard 49ers fans who traveled fantastic to this game. I mean, they got into Pittsburgh. There's probably a couple thousand 49ers fans in there. Uh, this is a big, as you and Guy often mention on your podcast, uh, 49ers fans, that's a big, big, big number. And they're only getting larger. This is a. When, when you win, it, to me, it's just simple math. When you win for from 1981 till basically the late 90s, that, that's several generations. Like the reason the Lakers and the Yankees and the Cowboys are a little different because they haven't won big, but when you've consistently won for that long and the Niners did it at such a high level with so many star players, you just gather fans yep. over the years, you know, like the Warriors. And like, I mean, you know, the, in it, 20 well, if years, they, if they go on for 20 years. Yeah. If they get yep. another version of Steph Curry, he doesn't even need to be Steph Curry. If they just get another star and keep doing it. Their, their brand is going to be, it's going to grow at an exponential level. I mean, it already has in a 10 year span. If they do go another 10 years, their fan base will be gigantic. I think it almost already has happened. Almost already has happened. Yeah, because you know, like, Steph is that big. Yeah, He's there's like 20 years from now, there's just going to be the Steph generation of fans. And even when, you know, they yeah. if they're just a mediocre team, they're going to sell at Chase Center because they're going to still feel that Steph vibe. If Steph's around, Steph's vice president of basketball <laughs> operations or whatever it's going to be. I, I, I One thing I haven't talked about, and I was thinking, listen to you talk, I, I think the one thing the 49ers have going for them is they have like the perfect blend of, like Trent Williams, a guy who's going to Hall of Fame, makes a lot of money, who's just really good player. And then they got a guy like Debo who got paid, but then Kyle basically called him fat. And I don't know if you heard on the broadcast, they essentially said, I wonder if Kyle said this to them, like your career is going to head the wrong way fast if you don't figure it out. So this mm-hmm. offseason, Skinny Debo came back. They got a Nayuk who's playing for a contract, right? They got Fred Warner, sometimes defensive guys, just naturally. That's the only time they get to hit people. I mean, those guys fly around. You get Bosa who gets paid and is now going to try to prove that he's worth it. You got who some of these young players, right, trying to establish themselves. They they got a good blend of even their money guys still trying to prove it. A lot of young guys who need to prove that they're worthy. Uh, and it, it just it's a good mix on their squad right now of kind of the hierarchy of all the different guys. And clearly yeah, so- they all get along really well. Locker room's great. They got the young quarterback again. You know, we'll see. He can physically hold up, I think. You know, he's going to hold up mentally. He's going to hold up. He got hit a couple times he in that hit. game. We're like, is he going to get yeah, up? He got hit in the arm. Got hit in the arm. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, he got, he, that's how he got hurt in the first place. They need a right tackle, John. Do they need to look at trying to pick up some kind of, they've yeah, done just, mid-season well, trades before. Can they, can they do something? When do those guys get traded in the middle of the uh, season yeah. though? Who's, you know, dramatic upgrade for what you would have to trade. Like there just aren't teams that have a guy yeah we got a fringe pro bowl or right tackle do you take them mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it just that maybe is sometimes an off-season opportunity if you get a new coaching staff who's blowing it up laramie tunzel years ago when miami was trying to tank but think of what that costs um the the chiefs a couple years ago traded for orlando brown who was the ravens right tackle who wanted to get paid by a left like a left tackle and they moved him to left tackle it's just kind of a weird spot now. I, I think 
that's more of an off-season opportunity where you probably got to look into maybe trade up in the draft and try to draft a guy in the teens or something. Because even look at the free agent market. I, I saw McGlinchey looked a lot like Colton <laughs> McKivitz. He's just getting paid $20 yeah. million dollars yeah. a year. So yeah. most teams, I, I don't care, unless we go back to like the Eddie DeBartolo days when you literally could buy every single slot on the 22-man starting lineup, you're going to have a weakness somewhere. And you just this is where you pay Kyle to coach around it. You got to be pretty careful uh, when you're playing guys like TJ Watt, which the Niners are just going to play a lot of big time pass rushers to help them out. You know, it sucks because you kind of almost got to leave Kittle in there, but the Niners do have Kittle in their back pocket who can help neutralize the guy over there. And in these big time games against the Cowboys, um, you have to look through their schedule, but I, I would imagine this week against the Rams, if I'd be stunned if sometimes Aaron Donald doesn't kick yeah. over there oh, yeah. oh, and they've yeah. done, they've done it before when the Niners have had tackle injuries, they just put them out at end. And so if you told me the first play of the game or the first passing situation, he's lined up over there, like buckle up. Cause that's coming. Here's what I'm thinking though. Like they do get create $42 million in cap space, the typical 49ers. They just spend them that, you know, you pay it up front you push the money back. Most cap space in the NFL right now, this is enough. And, you know, to take a big salary and take bad money. It's like some team is in a, you know, like we just want to get rid of this money, take a good player and take a bad contract. They can do that. And I'm saying, not saying I see where that's going to be. Although I'm kind of looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tristan Wirfs and like, maybe, I don't know, uh, you know, take Devin White's contract if they don't want, like that. those are things I'm not saying. Yeah. It's possible. Why else do you create $42 million in well, it's, it's to do stuff like that for sure. The the problem in the NFL is, and I'm guilty of this, like this team's going to suck and even Tampa could end up being yeah, bad. But yeah. if you start, you yeah. know, three and three, you just, it's just, that's not the way the NFL works because you just like to be competitive. So yeah, I mean, I, I just, of course they would, they would take an heartbeat. <laughs> now I don't know <laughs> how they do that. Pay what the do they future? want? Do you yeah, want yeah. I'd give my okay. first round pick? Uh, I'll just say this, John. We, I don't think you've ever, anyone has ever, can un, can overestimate how much Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch want to get into this stuff. Like we've seen them trade for McCaffrey, we've seen them trade for Manchin. They try to trade for Khalil. They thought they thought they were going to get Khalil back back then. Like this is just what they operate from. So when when they open up that much space, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm saying, man, they are going to monitor. It might, it might not even be right tackle. Like they might be thinking, okay, we can get a stop stopper cornerback. There, you know, that changes everything. I don't know what it's going to be, but I would think those two positions would be the ones. Well, to look at. you know, let's say the Rams were zero and six. You're like, hey, we'll give you a first round pick and just take Aaron Donald's money off your. I'm, the Rams probably wouldn't do that, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. any position, most of these teams are not equipped like that. So, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's a little bit like when some of these NBA teams two years in advance, like we're getting ready for Giannis, we're getting ready for Kevin yep. Durant, even though they end up not getting him. Like we were gonna be in position. And look around the league right now, weird stuff's going to happen over the next month. A lot of teams are going to be average to below. And then you factor in, you can't look up on Saturday without seeing like, God, that guy looks like an NFL quarterback. So that influence is going to happen. And the Niners know that even if we got some issues, we're going to be in position at six and two or seven and one. So boom, we'll pull the trigger. I, I just, I, I would love to get, I, I, it's just, I, I don't know if there's a right tackle out there that's mm-hmm. going to be. I think they would do that yesterday. It's interesting you mentioned Giannis. I'm glad you did because I was thinking this sort of, you know, that's what Bob Myers did to set up for Kevin Durant. Like literally two years in advance, he made sure that they would have 
the cap space available or the ability to get there to get Kevin Durant. That's what it took, two years, almost two years. Guess who John Lynch mentioned talked to them in the middle of the Nick Mosa conversation, which to, to my amusement, because I told I told John a couple of weeks ago, I think Bob, exactly, what do you think Bob's going to do? Is Bob going to get another job? Go, I think Bob might want to work for the 49ers because I know how much he asked me about the 49ers. Like, this is what smart front office is. You're right. It's optionality. You don't know this stuff's going to happen, but you give yourself opportunities. You don't want to sit there and go, oh, we can't but you know thing, But you know yeah. things happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you just you're set up to do something when something's to be done. And uh, again, I don't know that this, I, I'm going to write about it. I don't want to get over speculative, but it's just them. It's their mentality. They, they want to get Odell Beckham Jr. Like these are, they're in this stuff. Kyle loves to be in yeah. this stuff. Uh, and I think it's possible. Do you, would you call them the Super Bowl favorites now though? No move or no move. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's hard to be a true favorite when you still have some question marks like i mean this quarterback has only started eight nine games whatever uh i, I think 100 percent they're in the group of i mean we can i mean are the bills still in it are the Bengals yeah, still in it it's hard i mean i yeah, th- those won, teams with those yes. quarterbacks that are yeah. playing if they're peaking in january like i wouldn't want to face burrow or allen obviously the chiefs just got their guy to come back after the worst holdout in NFL history. He wasn't going to win that one. I think he, at least he decided that after one week, not after five weeks. It's Jones, yeah. tough one for you. Tough one. So, for you. yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, but the Niners don't have to worry about playing those teams in the playoffs, right? They just have, it's just going to be a one game situation. If you get there, I think when you look at the NFC, it's pretty clear that it's, it's going to come down to a couple games and more likely depending on how it breaks with the seating, like, do you get to skip either the Eagles and the Cowboys and only have to play one of them? Because last year they they had to play both, right? And if you got to play both, that's some of the great 49er teams I grew up on. It's hard to win like a playoff game. The Niners easily could have lost last year in the second round, yep. right, to the Cowboys. So it's like if you can avoid, and this is where the number one seed would probably come in, just having to play the Eagles or the Cowboys, your road is dramatically easier. But who knows? Like do the, you know, the, obviously the – the loser of the NFC East is going to be the five seed. So I, I have to look how it all shakes out and you, you just never know with an upset, but I, I think getting the number one overall seed is just such a huge advantage in 2023 with only being one by. Right? Yeah, so I, I think that to me, before you can get to the Super Bowl favorites is the number one goal, get that number one seed. So you, one, you don't have to travel and two, you kind of get that week to refresh. That was even if Purdy had not been injured, having that game on the road was such a huge advantage for Philly. Yep. I go back to, and you mentioned the Dallas game. Like we talked about the, you know, 49ers were six, their opponents were 0 and 16 the week after they played the 49ers, whatever that, that number that, that Shanahan loves. And it does tell you something. The 49ers do beat you up. I think the Cowboys kind of beat up the 49ers all pretty aside, right? I mean, let's just take that aside, whatever happened uh, in the Eagles game. But I think that was the most the 49ers got beat up last season. They just got hit. And they won it, and I'm sure the Cowboys wouldn't have been great the next game. Well, they, they snapped Pollard's leg. They would have been in trouble. Yeah, yeah, they would have been. Yeah, no question. They both were physical. I'm just saying, when you talk about a team getting kind of beat up with little body shots, the Cowboys got that. I mean, Michael Parsons was giving them body shots no matter what. You want to see Michael Parsons lined up against Colton Kibitz? For- I think the Cowboys, it's weird, are almost a, more physical than the Eagles. I think the Eagles are more more scary on offense because of the two receivers they have. They're tight end. You know, the quarterback didn't play a snap in the preseason, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass these first couple weeks. I would say when Jalen's on, he's proven to be better than when Dak 
who the Niners have kind of handled two years in a row. But I think the Cowboys defense right now is right there with the Niners of just you're going to get probably an injury, right? I mean, the, yeah. the speed in which they play, the, the amount of defensive linemen they have, the, their DBs. You know, the Eagles have really good corners, which make plays and score touchdowns and stuff, but those aren't hits. Like the Niners and the Cowboys are laying people out on the ground where it's just like, God, did that guy just break a rib? And that's where, I mean, what do we have that game in a, in a month? That's you just hope but for both teams. Cause I mean, yeah. as a football fan, I don't want anyone to get injured, but more than likely there's going to be a guy that come does not come out of that game. Right. And is injured for a while after that thing. It's just yeah. the way it's going to be played. Yeah, and they'll know. And both teams will know it going into it. And uh, Trey Lance will be standing on the sideline as a third quarterback for that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about Trey Lance at all. We'll, 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 we'll skip over that. We won't go there. Uh, uh, we did talk about it in the lost episode. So whenever I can retrieve that one, we'll we'll discuss that. John, you you're writing anybody off here, like Giants, anybody like you said. Okay, ah, first week, uh, I think I'm gonna bypass them right yeah, now. I just think that the the NFC in general has just got those three teams on their own tier, and I I I take the Cowboys more seriously than some. Now, obviously, the quarterback is the major question mark, but when your defense is that good that you can't, and we saw it last year against the 49ers, like it's, it could be a 10-13 game in the third quarter. Like you're not getting in some shootout with them. So even if if Dak is, he's never going to be Joe Montana or Troy Aikman here, but he just, if he just has a solid game, not a disastrous game, they can beat anybody any moment when your defense is that good. We've seen it with the 49ers now for years. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the one place in football that you're still allowed to be really violent is at the line of scrimmage. That's why the Niners pay Kasurik so much money and load up on the defensive line and just pay both all this money and trade for Hargrave. That's why the Cowboys, you know, have so many defensive linemen that they invest in. They take flyers on character guys because you can just dominate right there. And that was evident against the Giants. I mean, he, they overwhelmed them. It's how the Jets are going to attempt to survive. Just, just try to be unreal on the defensive line. So I, I think I, I take that team, you know, I, I think the Lions could be a tough little playoff game, right? I mean, they got some impact players, but I, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are just because the Eagle, I mean, Jalen Carter, I saw his stat line week one against the Patriots. Now they had a bunch of backup offensive linemen in, but anytime you have elite defensive linemen and your team is just good and you're, you know, you're going to win 12 to 14 games. You make me nervous. And the way football works, I mean, this is not baseball or basketball. There's it's one game. Yeah. You have a shitty half. You're down thirteen to nothing in half. Like you're just in trouble, and you just hold on for dear life. So I, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to come down to those games with those. And, and ironically, they play because they play the East. We might get basically two games out of the Eagles and the Cowboys in one in the regular season and another yeah. one in the playoffs. So buckle up. You know who I'm down on. I did not. Again, that's we talked about this last week. I'm I'm at a game. I don't see the other game, so I did not see a down of Seahawks Rams. But I was not big on the Seahawks going into this. Uh, I thought well, there was a lot of like little puffery of Geno Smith, who did not look great at the end of last season. He had a good season, but he did not look great at the end of the season. I think he's he three and seven his last ten games. Yeah, he wasn't going to beat the four nine. He wasn't going to beat the four nine. You, you you throw Geno Smith out there, if they can stop your run, he's not beating you. Um, and I don't think the Seahawks are going to be that great. I mean, Pete, will, Pete Carroll will get them to a certain level. The defense is okay, but I, I, I thought this all this kind of helium for for Geno Smith. He's the better quarterback. I was like, I don't know that you were watching the games last season and really thought that uh, could really think that. Um, where are you on the Seahawks? Are, are you kind of you removing from the table a little bit here? 
Yeah, to me, they already have some problems, right? I mean, if Geno comes back to earth, they are they were not a 12 win team last year, remember? What would they win? Nine. Yep. So I mean they they were uh they they were the last wild card, right? So if we're talking about we're not we're not talking about some juggernaut. Uh they already I think they had a one of their tackles they drafted last year in the first round, got injured cross. Witherspoon, the dude they drafted a fifth overall, which they essentially went with him, kind of going throwback to LOB over Jalen Carter, which made me nervous that they were going to take him. He's been injured. He did not play. So they have some key injuries. But when you're quarterback, how often in sports do you see a guy who resurrects his career, you know, in his early 30s, and then just goes on a four or five year tear? Rich Gannon is really the outlier situation. It is not. Alex Smith, maybe a little, but. But he he was just, it wasn't even that far in. What was it, four years? And he was the number one overall pick. I think Geno was an early second round pick, threw 30 touchdowns. Was it more likely that he was going to throw 19 this year or 33? Right. I agree. 19. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I didn't see this, like the rankings for Gino. I mean, I get, he's a great guy. He's been through a lot. I watched it. He, he, he was not beating the four nighters last year. He was not beating the four nighters last year and didn't three times. And I just don't. Well, the difference, the difference in that game of, and, and Stafford's healthy right now. He looked pretty awesome yeah. of him compared to Gino was was gigantic. I mean, there was a gap the size of the Grand Canyon. And this this is what this week, you know, I think the 49ers clearly have a much better team. But one thing Stafford does have in the bag is when he is healthy, he's it's not like most of the teams he's played on were the 2021 Rams. He's played on a lot of shitty teams that he just creates competitiveness because he is if he is healthy and he sure looked healthy in that Seattle game, he can sling it around. He he looked really good on Sunday. Yep. It's had a tougher time against four ers except for an NFC Championship game. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Robert Sala just owned him. That was one weird, like Sala just knew what the hell he was doing. It was it was fascinating to watch. All right, John, we could talk on and on. We've blown through thirty seven minutes here, so I will end this properly recorded. I promise. I promise myself. If I don't, we'll have to either figure out how to get me a producer or uh, off to take the show somewhere else um, and get myself a producer. John Middlecoff. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll switch up the question here. What's your favorite movie right now? I actually, well, I'm going to go with the show because last time we talked, I didn't really have a show. Okay. I stumbled upon, I don't know if you've seen this on Apple Plus. I think it's an old show, but the new season, the second season just came back. The Morning Show Okay, with yeah. uh, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Reese Carell. Withers- Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. It is, it's fantastic. It's uh, I've been firing through it the last probably seven, eight days at night. So uh, the morning show I'm on season one, which I think took place in 2019. The that second the season first show recently I, I came think out. that was Apple Plus's first show. I think it, it's it's pretty good. It's 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 an easy watch. I mean, okay. it's got some star power, which never hurts and the streamers. You know, I, I, last I checked, Apple's got some cash to pay these people <laughs> uh, that it's it's very entertaining watch. Looks like John Hamm is on the new season. I just kind of saw like yeah, he might might yeah, like, be. Whoa, okay, now I better I might wa- need to watch this show. Uh, good good one. I think I'm starting Foundation on Apple Plus. Uh, my nephew's kind of been recommended. It's you know very science fictiony, but it's pretty good. I'll, I'll throw that one. Apple Plus throwing some good TV out there. 
as you say, they do have some money to spend on this stuff. Yeah, you know, I've never been a big science fiction guy, but now that, you know, it looks like aliens are real and they might be our neighbors here soon, maybe <laughs> I need to get into it and get a better feel. John, look how breaking aliens are real. Put that in. Well, I mean, that's just I mean, that's just what I see on the internet sometimes. So, <laughs> I saw Roger said he saw one when he was camping. <laughs> he did. It's a really great story. You should tell us that story some more often. I like that in, in more depth. All right, properly recorded, thankfully. Well, I, I say that without having actually no knowledge that I probably recorded. Record, so I'm, I'm just going to go out and say I did it. Uh, John Middlecoff was brilliant. The last show, the lost episode that will there'll be songs written about this last ep- lost episode. I'll, I'll, I got a question for you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do does, does Farhan and Kapler limp into the playoffs or do they miss? I think they're going to be right at it. I think they're going to be right at it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're a great team, but I think the other teams are not that great either. They're only one out, I think, now of the third wildcard spot. These are not superpower teams that are just blowing it up. Uh, I'm not sure. I might go out there tomorrow uh, just to get a feel again. Uh, the schedule was really tough there, and they look crappy in that tough stretch, right? They you, got the, Bra- yeah, the Braves are just like, you can't even, they're not, they belong in the same field. Phillies a little bit too. They were sort of in a few of those. But I think, you know, obviously the Rockies are terrible. Indians are, like, I looked at the Indians. They're like, the, they're about, well, Guardians, my bad. Uh, they're like the Guardians. They're like the, about the same kind of team. And that's not a great team, but that's a team that can squeak into the playoffs. Once they get by they're, they're I mean, if they, you batch them up against, you know, any of the division winners, forget about it. But I think they might get in. I think the, I think the the odds say about 38 percent. I'd give it maybe 40 percent. Like it's going to come down to last week. I, I don't I don't think they're going to be eliminated before that. I saw I saw uh, someone forwarded me the bags tweet of a uh, 20K last night season low. I know this. People just don't do boring. You know yeah, this. Yeah. Oh, they no, they no got to figure out. They got to figure out a way to get some. They need you know, some juice. You, you don't need Harper and Otani, but the just some fun. I don't know Posey. They're just there's there there's a lifelessness right now no that ain't I, I, well, I threw this out a little bit. Like Carlos Correa would not look bad on this roster right now. You know he's not. He's having a terrible year, but he's a young shortstop who. Could get, you know, has had had great seasons, might have great seasons in the future. He's just a threat at the plate. You just don't feel, and they rotate their guys through, you just don't feel any of them are a threat. Like, I got to stop and watch this. And at some point, it does matter. And there were a team that, that really had It is a business of the yeah, entertainment yeah, and, business. And, and, and yeah. I kind of made fun of it, you know, the panda hats and all. You know, they, they went overboard and that stuff, Timmy and all that stuff. But some of those guys were impossible to, to, to turn away from. Lincecum, you had to watch. Bumgarner. These got posy, and I don't think they've like turned away from that. They just haven't been able to get it. They just, you know, they've tried they to haven't get hit it on draft picks. Yeah, they, and... they haven't hit, they've missed a few draft picks. Uh, and you know, they kind of they do fall into this kind of the Jock Peterson, you know, Mitch Hanniger, the kind of journeyman guys yeah. who are pretty good, have stats that tell them something. And when they all go in a slump, it's very hard to watch. There's no question about it. But you guys like, better hope that Otani doesn't go to the Dodgers because if that were to happen. Yeah, it'd be interesting with him not pitching for a year or two. It's going to be very interesting what the market is. I think the Dodgers would try to sign him anyway, obviously. Uh, but yeah, they're in, they're in some trouble. And with the Diamondbacks, all this young talent, they got young, more young talent coming up. Like that's even a bigger threat to the Giants. We'll see what happens to the Padres. Yeah, they got Braves I mean, aren't going away. The Phillies are loaded. Yeah, yeah, no. The question. Mets will uh, spend. I mean, hell, the Mets might give Otani eight hundred million. Yes, you know? yes, I think they are an interesting dynamic in here. Because uh, I think the Dodgers are going to have to spend their money on pitching. Like they literally have to spend their money on pitching, and Otani's not going to pitch for a year and a half. So who knows? But you're right. It is the Giants are boring. 
They're not terrible. I keep saying they're not a terrible team. They have some decent players. They just don't have a great player. And you need, you know, freaking Braves got like three or four of them. And it looks really bad when you're matched up against those teams. There's no question. Even, so like, even if they get to the playoffs, it's going to be at 87 wins and they're going to not be great in the playoffs. And then you're going to go, okay, where do we go now? I, I just don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I just don't think they're going to be 75 and 80. Like they're not going to do that. They're just not a great team. There you go. Any other questions for me, John? We can open it, open it up. <laughs> Warriors. I'm, I'm glad you met. I was going to mention Myers in my column coming up, and I'd I'd forgotten to write that in there. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because Warriors have been more. I guess it's been. I mean, it's the quietest time, and you know, this is yeah. the, this the Chris is the Paul. July the Chris, of yeah. of NFL. Yeah, the World but Cup. They've been, it's been quiet. Yeah, nobody cares about the World Cup, but you get Steve Kerr blasted for not having big men in the World Cup. So it's, there, there's some things. You got Chris Paul. Who knows how that's going to work out? I can't imagine he's actually going to be the, the main starter, but we'll see. Uh, he was. Yeah, you know, listen, he's. I'm. I, I can't stand him. His comment when he got snippy about who Chris. Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not going to be some smooth. It's like, well, he had to sign off on this. I understand that, but this notion that he was just throwing away his entire career to do whatever they're going to want to him to do is I, I think it could be behind closed doors. I mean, publicly they'll be fine, but I, I think it could get a little weird behind no closed doors. Well, I mean, Chris is, is already has. Yeah, he's done it. And uh, you got Draymond in there. You got Steph in there. I think they're going to have to have a meeting of the minds and just say, Hey, listen, you, you're going to start some games, but in the playoffs, we're going to start the five guys who were the best overall five man unit in the NBA last year. And you're going to be a great second part of that. Uh, but they have yet to have that discussion, and he's going to make it hard for him. It's just is it Clay in the last year of his contract? Yeah, but they, I mean, I think they're going to resign him at, at some future date here. I mean, he doesn't want to go anywhere else unless they just screw him on the dollars. So, uh, but you're not going to start, you know, Paul and you know and and Curry as your only backcourt because then you're small and you know you got to match up with some bigger team. Like, there's some interesting things going on here, but. Uh, it's going to be Steve Kerr having to manage this. And that's why you pay him the big bucks. Like he's come, he's working for a new company. Dunleavy, baby. Dunleavy. You know, yeah, yeah. the loss of Myers is going to be interesting because he was behind the scenes on so much of this stuff. He was just calming everybody down. And I don't know that Dunleavy is going to do that. We'll see. He's, he's new to it. Kerr's going to have to do maybe more of it. Uh, we'll see. But um, I just, the Lynch Myers, kind of uh symbiosis is very interesting because they always ask each other ask me about each other so like there's some there's some overlap here in the way they do business and so i was just loving you know laughing that lynch mentioned that at a specific moment a very tough time nick boza negotiations they got a call from bob myers and it helped in, in, a, in a business where you have to tell people things they often don't want to hear at enormous amounts of money and you're under that money I think both guys have a special talent for being able to kind of smooth. I think Andy Reid is phenomenal at yep, this, yep. that they can keep a incredible relationship with the individual yet have a tough conversation. It's not an easy thing to do, especially because most of you're dealing with guys between 25 and their early 30s. So emotions are high. These aren't, you know, you're not having a, a conversation with a 56 year old here. And I think both of them have that talent. And obviously John, a hall of fame player, Bob feels like a former NBA player, right? <laughs> Maybe that's just how close he was as an agent. But uh, yeah, that, that that talent is something the majority of guys don't have because yep. it always feels like they're kind of sleazy or screwing them. Or, you know, that guy will say one thing and he'll do something else behind my back. 
which is kind of the nature of the business. You can't be completely honest about everything you're doing. Right. And I, I think both guys are probably, obviously Bob was the best in the NBA. And I, I'd say I put John up there with kind of obviously dealing with his coach. You got to deal with the coach. Yeah. Bob's. That's like, yeah, that's like even more like he's got to calm the coach down half the time. So, uh, you know, that, that is a huge part of John's job and he's doing, he's doing it and look, look at the roster they got and not, not terrible after one game. All right, John, listen, appreciate the conversation again. We, sh- we won't make this a weekly thing, but uh, it's been good to have you on back to back weeks. Good conversation. And hopefully this one actually posts. 